0: Welcome to this week's episode of Startups for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Rob Walling. And this is episode 500. On this show, we have a particular lens through which we view building and growing startups. We dive deep into topics relating to building and growing startups using an ambitious yet a sane approach. We're not willing to sacrifice our health or our relationships. And we think in terms of years, not months. On Startups for the Rest of Us, we're not talking about the typical Silicon Valley startups where fundraising is a goal in itself and where people build slide decks instead of building businesses. We want to build real companies with real customers who pay us real money. And the things we've espoused for the past 499 episodes are things like freedom, purpose, and relationship. I could obviously go deeper into all those topics, but really that's a pretty good summary of what startups for the rest of us is all about. That's the lens through which we view startups. It's fascinating to be recording this episode. Our first episode was March 30th of 2010, which is just more than a decade ago. And it's honestly hard for me to even wrap my head around 500 episodes, more than 10 million downloads. And the journey that I've traveled and that Mike Tabor traveled, Mike was my co-host through the first 448 episodes. For me, when we started this podcast, I hadn't written my book. We hadn't started MicroConf. I owned a small portfolio of products that made me about 120, dollars 150000 a year and basically provided me with a full-time income and I, I barely worked at the time. I was trying to do the four-hour work week and I had about 10 months where I worked about 10 to 12 hours a week and we had our second son and I really enjoyed spending time with him. But then I transitioned away from that time of, of .NET invoice and, and of that portfolio of products to writing my book, Start Small, Stay Small, to acquiring Hittail and growing that and, and selling it, to building, launching, growing Drip and having that acquired, to starting MicroConf in the midst of that and then later starting Tiny Seed. And for Mike, who stepped back now over a year ago, it feels like just a few months ago, but over a year ago he decided to take a step back from the podcast to focus on Blue Tick. but he went from consulting and he had .NET form software at a certain point, he was building Audit Shark for a few years, two to three, four years in there, and then moved on to Bluetick, which is his current effort. And I actually hope to have Mike on next episode to reminisce a bit as well as, you know, get an update on on his progress with Bluetick. But during all that, I feel like one of the crowning achievements of this podcast was launching MicroConf and building this community of self-funded, ambitious, product makers, indie hackers, startup founders, whatever name you want to use for folks who listen to this show, it's it's makers and builders and entrepreneurs and people who want to put something into the world to change their life and to find that freedom, purpose and relationships, but also to have some... Some positive impact on the world, on their customers, on their team members, on their colleagues. Maybe it's investors. In the state of the independent SaaS report, it was about 10% of kind of the independent SaaS folks in this community had raised some type of funding. And that's why self funded and independently funded startup founders or bootstrappers, you know, again, whatever term you want to use, that has, I think, been one of the crowning achievements of this podcast is gathering those folks both in person and online through MicroConf and through this podcast. Today, I've asked several folks to, to weigh in, Longtime listeners, some folks you may have heard of, some folks have their own podcast and were inspired to start it by listening to Startups for the Rest of Us. And I've asked for some audio clips that, that I'll run through an in intro. And, and I asked for folks' biggest takeaways from Startups to the Rest of Us. And I specifically said, this is not hooray for Startups for the Rest of Us. This is what has most impacted you that you think other people should take away from this. You know, in the typical form of Startups for the Rest of Us, it's about educating. It's about helping you get further into your journey as a founder rather than you know, pointing back at us and saying, wow, isn't it great that we made 500 episodes? I do think it's great. But I also think it's it's an arbitrary number that happens to have two zeros after it. And and it really does feel like it's just another episode in a long string of, of shipping, you know, of shipping something every week. And when I think back, it's interesting, I think back to all the episode types that we've tried and some have been successful and, and some haven't. So you'll notice we don't do predictions and goals anymore. It just seemed like people didn't really care about those. I still have goals, I still have predictions, but overall those were just kind of poorly rated and I think it fits less with the, with the new format of the show. We've always received the feedback that sharing our personal journeys, sharing our journeys as founders are the episodes that people tend to resonate with the most. And those are those are the great episodes when I go back and, and listen. I think the, the struggle with that is every week, there's not something interesting to share. And oftentimes, you're working on something for months that you can't share and we try to be as authentic as possible. But you know, when you're working on an acquisition that you can't be public with, and that's taking up 80% of your time, it's hard to show up every week and try to come up with an update that's interesting and move something along, but also feels authentic to who you are. And like, you're not just kind of reaching for content. And that's where I would love it if every week so much happened in my professional life that it was interesting just to talk about on a podcast, but, but it's not. And that's why a lot, of, a lot of the episodes of this show are things like answering listener questions, which I've been told have resonated since the very early days. Over the past year or two, have really, having really focused interviews that focus on a story of a founder, but really just a, a segment of that story that I find super interesting, as well as the struggles that the founder has overcome to get where they are. You'll notice I don't do many founder hot seats anymore. I found that the feedback on those was always kind of like, I don't remember that episode. It was less, I didn't like it, but it's like, yeah, I have no memory of that. And so that told me that it didn't resonate as well. The framework episodes I think are are always popular, like talking about stair-stepping. I had one a couple episodes ago talking about, I don't know, seven or eight things I had learned, not listening to someone until they've done it twice, that kind of thing. Those seem to, to really resonate, but again coming up with one of those every week, it it starts to feel a little reachy. That was actually the first probably 20 episodes of this podcast was Mike and I trying to come up with new concepts and new ideas and new thoughts and frameworks. And eventually, it's not there. You know, there's only so many good ones you can come up with. And that's, I think, why I've expanded the show to cover all these different types to keep that variety going up to and including the roundtables that have really just started the last couple months where I get two or three other founders on, and we talk through news topics or what have you, and those seem to have gotten you know really good responses so far. I look through our back catalog, and I, I ran some estimates, and these are these are back-of-the-napkin estimates, but I estimate that on this show, we've answered more than 1,500 listener questions. We have about 292 hours of content, which is 12 straight days of listening to startups for the rest of us. I would, of course, not recommend that you do that, but I It is an interesting thought experiment to think about that. And, you know, with more than 10 million downloads to date is, I don't know, feels like quite a milestone, certainly a lot further than I would have thought we would make when we started the show back in 2010. Before we get into the thoughts and comments from listeners, I was thinking about why has this worked? You know, why has the show been around this long? Why has the show built a critical mass? Obviously, there are a lot of factors, hard work, luck, and skill probably play into it, although we had... We had almost no skill when we started and it took us a long time to even just get comfortable with ourselves, six months or more. But I think that the consistency has been a big one. I think really shipping, you know, since about episode 30, because we did a few months of weekly and then we dropped down to every other week and then we went back. By the time we were at episode 30, 35, since then we've shipped every week. And I think that consistency has been a big part of it is that I get emails that people look forward to Tuesday morning that that's the podcast they listen to every Tuesday morning when they work out or every Tuesday morning on their commute. And in fact, when we've had a few times where the RSS feed has choked and they don't get the episode, it's noticeable. And we get tweeted and we get emails and that tells me that that consistency is important. And folks joining us over the long-term for the journey, you get attached to that story. Second thing I think is is the authenticity. And note, I'm not saying transparency. I, these are very different things. But I think the authenticity is on this show, we act like we are in real life. Like we've tried to be as close to represent reality as close to reality as possible, instead of cranking up drama, doing big presentations, trying to show what it's really like, rather than making it sensationalized and clickbaity. Like if you're reading a TechCrunch article or listening to there are many podcasts that I listen to that are cringeworthy because I can tell that they're cranking up the drama. And when I meet the person in person and they're not the way they are in the podcast, that's just that's always bothered me. I've watched folks who start a podcast and they are performing in essence it's a performance and they do get famous and so perhaps that is to our detriment you know that we haven't done more of the performance but I also think there's something about being true to ourselves and being true to our audience that that draws people in at a deeper level than if it's a, a dog and pony show it's kind of difficult to record this episode to be honest because I feel like since it's episode 500 it should have some some massive takeaway or some you'd be this this perfect episode and I think that's the other thing I've taken away is from this show over 500 episodes, Is there no episode is perfect. And if I listen back to certain ones, I think, oh, I wish I should have said that or we should have covered that. But you know what? Next Tuesday morning, I'll have the chance to do that. I'll have the chance to go back and make it better. And I'll have the chance to strive for perfection and to strive for a better show because there's always another episode. It's not uncommon for people to ask how they can help support the show given that a lot of folks have received value from us over the years. There's three things that I'll throw out and feel free to pick one or all. Number one is a share on the social platform of your choice. And you could say something like, hey, congrats to Startups Pod on Twitter. Or if you're on another platform, obviously, congrats to Startups for the rest of us on hitting their 500th episode. I've gotten a lot of value from the show over the years. If you're not a listener, I'd encourage you to check it out. Your endorsement would mean a lot for the show and it would mean a lot to me as well. Number two, if you've never left a five-star review in your podcatcher, I'd appreciate it. And if you haven't left an actual, you know, a comment with a review, those are great too. They're ancillary things. And I know they help us gather more listeners and their signals that we are, in fact, having an impact on founders like yourself and your businesses. And with that, let's hear from a few listeners. Again, some folks you may have heard of and others may not be on your radar yet. But our first clip, comes from Dan and Ian of the Tropical MBA podcast. And what I did is I emailed folks and said, hey, is there anything that you've taken away from startups for the rest of us that you've learned from this show that you feel like others could benefit from? And Dan and Ian focused on the stair-step approach to bootstrapping. They also talked about how listening to the show makes them feel like there are others out there who are doing what you're doing and, and it makes you not feel alone as you're embarking on what otherwise is a lonely journey. So let's hear from Dan and Ian.
1: Happy 500th. Congratulations.
2: This is Ian and Dan from the Tropical MBA podcast, and we are here to say woohoo.
1: And I feel like we're officially old because we've been fans of this podcast for 10 years. You know, Time flies when <laughs> you're having fun. Time flies. The thing when we looked back over the archive and all the thought nuggets, you got to say the all timer is the stair step approach. And I was thinking, why is this stuck with me? so much. And in part, because we're all here and listen to podcasts like this, because we believe that starting a business is a path to personal freedom. The problem is, is like, once you believe that, it's not like you can just turn around and start one. And a lot of people presented on the web, like, well, just take this good strategy and this good business model. And what's wrong with you? And the stair-step approach, not only hearing about it, but seeing it demonstrated over the course of a decade helps to remind me that everybody has a starting point And that Taking that into account will help you to get traction, will help you move along the path and that going along that path is often super uncertain and lonely. And that's
2: part of the deal. It's exactly right, Dan. That's the other thing that we've learned from listening to startups for the rest of us is that you can't do it alone. You got to yeah. do it with the community and to do it with somebody in your earbuds going along as a practitioner not just a preacher. Woo! what a treat. How nice to go on this journey and feel like you're not alone. You're out there with other founders that are going through the same thing that you're going through.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd love to pull out all the cool theories and all that and stuff, but the reality is, is just being able to listen to a show where these things are demonstrated in front of you week in, week out, reminding you that, yeah, there are other people who believe that this thing makes sense and that all the challenges we bring upon ourselves are in the end worth it, interesting, and shared by other smart people. So huge congratulations. Startups for the rest of us, 500 episodes, wishing you 500 more.
0: What's funny is I've been a fan of, of their podcast for more than a decade as well. So I think there's a, there's a, a good connection. I often talk about the Tropical MBA podcast as, as like our sister podcast. And, and we both have conferences and we both have online communities. And, and I just have a lot of respect for what they've built over the years. Our second note is from Ben Orenstein, co-host of the Art of Product podcast, and he talks about how he's been inspired by startups for the rest of us to be consistent, and that it's easy to start a podcast, but it's hard to keep doing it every week. So let's hear from Ben.
3: Hi, I'm Ben Orenstein, and I am the co-host of the Art of Product podcast. And the thing that I wanted to call out Rob and Mike for is their consistency. So the dirty secret of podcasting is that it's really fun to start a podcast But it's often a lot less fun and much more work to continue a podcast and to show up week after week. But that is how you get to 500 episodes. And what's more, in my life, I've discovered that that's how you get to almost everything good. Just about every great thing in my life has come about as the result of long bouts of consistent effort. So thanks, Rob. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, startups, the rest of us for showing us that in the way that you show up week after week.
0: Next up is Matt Medeiros from The Matt Report. This one impacted me quite a bit, actually. Matt talks about how he feels like startups for the rest of us for him is is a single source of truth for what it's really like to build a sustainable business. And I really appreciated the compliments and the heartfelt thoughts from Matt.
4: Hey, this is Matt from themattreport.com. In business, we're always on the hunt for the single source of truth. Where are our customers coming from? What's our true conversion rate? What's our true cost of goods sold selling this digital product or service? And Startups for the Rest of Us has been that single source of truth for me for 500 episodes now. It's something that I turn to where I want that single source of truth for what it's like to build a sustainable business, not to be jaded by the VC podcasts that are out there, the tech crunches of the world which are fascinating stories, but they're just stories and they're so far out of reach and so far out of context that they just don't really do anything for me. And when I want to know what it's like to really roll up my sleeves and start a business, well, again, that's why I turn to startups for the rest of us. And I have for the last 500 episodes, and I continue to listen to the next 500 episodes of startups for the rest of If you're somebody who values their business values their employees, most importantly, values their customers. There's just tons of information in the last 500 episodes of Stars for the Rest of Us that would cost you probably 10 times an enrollment at the Harvard Business School. The cachet of stories, lessons, real heartfelt moments are what really keep me coming back to Stars for the Rest of Us and why I recommend it to so many people. And it's not just one particular episode or one particular lesson. It is the complete story arc of Rob and team and what they've been on to to build the businesses and the brands that they have so far. And it's an exciting time to be a small part of this journey. Congratulations on 500 episodes.
0: Next up, we have... Brian and Benedict from the Slow and Steady podcast, a show that I listen to every week and and they dig into quite a few cool things. They talk about showing up every week, making small continuous improvements over time and talking about Audit Shark and and the drip acquisition and how not to be dogmatic about things. So lest I steal their thunder, let's hear from Brian and Benedict from Slow and Steady.
2: Hey, this is Brian and Benedict of the Slow and Steady podcast. And we wanted to say congratulations to Startups for the Rest of Us for 500 amazing episodes.
5: Getting to 500 episodes is no small feat and it's directly related to my first takeaway from the podcast. Keeping the ball rolling and showing up every week to record an episode is something that stuck with me. Making small continuous progress over time definitely helps to increase one's like surface area. This is true for our podcast, but it also relates to everyday work on our products. Besides this, the most memorable episodes for me are definitely those with uh, big personal updates by Rob and Mike. The end of Audit Shark in episode 255 comes to mind as it got me thinking for quite a while as the product I was working on back then didn't really work out either. The drip acquisition story in episode 298 had a similar impact on me. At first I was like, oh no, Rob's selling out, he's moving over to the dark side and isn't an independent bootstrapper anymore. But uh, listening to the episode really expanded my thinking about running a startup, even if it's not uh, venture-backed. The key thing from that episode that I still remember is don't be dogmatic about anything.
2: It is impossible to overstate the influence startups for the rest of us has had on our community, the bootstrapping community, because any challenge that you're facing, there is a startups for the rest of us episode. Uh, it's like the Simpsons in that way. Any topic that comes up, they've done it. Uh, and one of the things from the show that has stuck with me over time is the, the framework around uh, freedom, purpose and relationships and how valuing those things provides, you know, the the underlying foundation for the entire entrepreneurial journey. Because, yeah, you have to think about the metrics of your business, your churn, MRR, your app should have a great onboarding experience and a wonderful, you know, email campaign, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that's true. For what it's worth, there's a Startups for the Rest of Us episode about all of those things. (laughs) But underneath it all is the goal of personal freedom, purpose, and healthy relationships. 100K MRR doesn't mean a thing if you hate what your app adds to the world and you can't stand the people that you're building it with. And so the simplicity and truth in that framework just completely stuck with me from the first time I heard it. I've come back to it again and again and again, and I am so much better for it. And so thank you, startups for the rest of us, Thank you for making us all smarter through these last 500 episodes. We're looking forward to 500 more.
0: I also received a clip from longtime listener and MicroConf attendee and early Micropreneur Academy member, Adrian Rosebrock from Pi Image Search.
6: Hey, Robin, Mike, Adrian here from PyImageSearch.com. I just want to thank you both for the help each of you have given me over the years. I have no doubt that the success of my business is due to your advice. Thank you for all that you've done for me and for this community. And here's to another 500 episodes.
0: Next, we have Jordan Gall, founder of Cart Hook and co-host of the Bootstrapped web podcast. And Jordan touches on something that a lot of other folks mentioned too. It's this idea of, of belonging and of developing friendships and realizing that perseverance is required in this game, that it doesn't happen overnight. And as someone who's been grinding away on his startup for I think six years now, he definitely embodies that. So let's hear from Jordan Gall.
7: Hey, this is Jordan here from Cart Hook. And I am honored to add my two cents to episode number 500 of Startups for the Rest of Us podcast with Rob and Mike. So what do I want to say? The podcast is really what led me to microconf, which led to friendships, which led to professional growth, which led to opportunity. The podcast itself is a a teacher, right? It's at the episode level. And also bigger than that. So I, I can think of individual podcast episodes like learning sales from Stelly, learning about being a non-technical founder from Jeff Epstein, uh, hearing about platform risk from Laura Roeder. But you know, more than at the individual episode level, I think the biggest lesson I can take away from the podcast itself is just the perseverance required in this game. Uh, it just doesn't happen overnight. It requires commitment, and there's just no way around that. And Rob and Mike just sticking with it, working, podcasting, documenting their lessons along the way, good, bad, up, down. I think that's the biggest lesson I take away from it, and I'm excited for another 500 episodes.
0: Our next caller is Andy Baldacci from the Effective Founder podcast, and his is one of the only startup interview shows that... I still listen to and have a lot of respect for his interview style. And he talks about how he was daydreaming about starting a startup before being exposed to startup for the rest of us, that it was all tech crunch in Silicon Valley, and that hearing the story of me acquiring Hittail inspired him to one day do that for himself. And now he runs his own startup that he acquired. And honestly, I feel pretty honored to have been part of that journey as well as You know, the journeys of of so many people that I I love receiving the emails and the DMs or having someone come up to me at MicroConf and say that the podcast or the community that you've built has had a profound impact on my business, on my personal life. It's allowed me to, to quit my job. It's allowed me to put my kid through college. It's allowed me to someone basically went location independent, took their whole family overseas to, you know, where they had grown up, where they had been born and had never thought that they could go back and live there. But that that just learning the lessons and seeing that it was possible. I think that's so much of it, right? Of course, there's teaching and there's tactics. And back in 2010, this was one of the few places you could you could get those. But these days, they're all over the place. You know, you can get growth hacks and you can get tips and and marketing and split testing and all that stuff from so many places. But there are only a few places where I believe you can get the authentic stories in a way that, that's believable and in a way that inspires you to believe that you can do it as well. And without knowing it, I think that's perhaps another secret or another key to the success of this show is that we've inadvertently shown a lot of people that this, this freedom is possible and this, this path towards building an ambitious non-venture track startup is not only possible, not only completely doable, but there are thousands of other people like you, tens of thousands, that are doing it or trying to do it. And many, many people are having success and changing their lives and the lives around them through this path. So let's hear from Andy Baldacci.
8: Hey, my name is Andy Baldacci, and I'm the CEO of SaberSim, which is a SaaS business I purchased back at the end of 2018. I can honestly say that I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for Stardust, the rest of us, Rob and Mike, and really the entire MicroConf community. I'd always wanted to start a business, but... When I think about it, I was really just daydreaming about rocket ship consumer apps because that's all I was hearing about. Startups for the rest of us exposed me to micropreneurship and the idea that you could build a real business in what seemed like tiny markets. It also normalized the idea that acquisitions aren't something only huge companies can do. After hearing what Rob did with Hittail, my goal became to buy and grow a business of my own. At the time, though, I was a professional poker player and I had a long way to go if I wanted to achieve that goal. But with Rob's stair-step approach, I finally had a path to actually get there. Stair-stepping is an incremental approach to get you to the point of replacing your income and quitting your job with a higher-than-normal success rate. As Rob laid it out, it starts off with one-off sales using a single channel and works up to the holy grail of recurring revenue. It intentionally keeps things simple at the start and increases the complexity as you level up your skills. I'm not a programmer and... I was, I've always been more interested in marketing and growth. So rather than creating a software product, I offered a very focused one-off consulting service. I wrote SaaS free trial email sequences, and I sold it with personalized cold email. That was my first step. The next step was expanding those offerings as I started developing more skills and then my step after that was I actually got a full-time job and that seems to run counter to the goal of stair-stepping but it was the best way for me to keep leveling up my skills and get deep exposure beyond marketing and into the other areas of running a successful software company. It wasn't until a year into that job, more than five years after taking that first step, that I truly felt ready to take the next step of actually buying and growing a SaaS business. What I was really working towards I still had some doubts but when I came across what felt like the perfect opportunity I jumped at it because I knew this has been what I've been working for over all these years and I could have skipped some of those steps and gotten there faster I'm sure but my chances of succeeding would have been so much lower doing it that way and the goal was just so and is still so important to me that that wasn't a gamble worth taking stair-stepping gave me an incremental plan to push my limits without having to jump into the deep end and hope I could learn how to swim it's easy to put together this narrative in hindsight and i'm not going to pretend that i executed this stair step approach perfectly or that i had some detailed plan from day one but the concepts from that approach and from everything else i picked up on from listening to stardust for the rest of us over the years are what got me here and i'm always going to be grateful to rob and mike for that here's to another 500 episodes thanks guys
0: our next clip is from brian castle co-host of the bootstrapped web podcast and he touches on something that a couple other folks did about just the community, that there are other folks out there just like me. This
6: is Brian Castle. I'm the founder of Process Kit, which is, I think, the third profitable and self-funded business that I've started since I've been listening to startups for the rest of us every single week for years. It's probably like the 10th shiny object that I've tried, but, but it's, the, it's the third business that has actually sort of worked. And if there's one thing that I'm constantly reminded of every time I tune into this podcast, It's that, you know, there are so many other folks who are just like me, you know, just like Rob, just like Mike, figuring out what works, learning as we go and sharing our notes with one another, you know, passing this advice along, whether it's over the podcast airways or in the hallways at conferences or in private mastermind groups or on Twitter. You know, this podcast early on for me was my entryway into this community of bootstrapped founders and for me being being a part of this community and developing some incredible friendships has been by far the most valuable thing not only to my business and professionally but to me personally and you know if i think back to what it was about the ideas and things that i heard being shared on this podcast that really hooked me in and resonated with me early on you know the idea of of bootstrapping and being a self-funded startup on the internet it's that it doesn't have to be complicated we're making a thing we're solving a problem we're selling our solution to customers, rinse and repeat. And the more attempts at doing that, the more that we're going to learn and the more mistakes that we'll make, the more wins that we'll have. And I benefit a lot from hearing the tactics that are shared on this show, but, but more than anything, it's the stories and, and just kind of resonating with that, you know, slow, steady progress and feedback loop that we're, that we're all experiencing as, as we're going through this journey. So thank you, Rob, for keeping this podcast as incredibly consistent as it has been. 500 episodes, man, that, that's awesome. I've been listening every single week. I expect that won't be changing anytime soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to tune in again next week.
0: Next up, we have Craig Hewitt and Dave Rodenbaugh of the Rogue Startups podcast, who called in to talk about stair-stepping, aspirational pricing, founder retreats, and a couple other things. So let's hear what they have to say.
9: Hi, I'm Dave Rodenbaugh. And
10: this is Craig Hewitt from Rogue Startups. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to chime in with a few things that both Dave and I have really taken away from the years of listening to startups for the rest of us. Uh, Dave, you want to go first with your first kind of big takeaway?
9: Yeah. uh, The first thing I want to say is, you know, thanks to Rob and Mike for 500 amazing episodes. This podcast has been a real groundbreaking and stalwart member of the bootstrapping community. And when everybody wants to talk about what's the number one podcast that really talks to single founders and bootstrappers, it's theirs. And I'm really proud of those guys. And this has been an amazing thing to watch. So congratulations to both of you. As far as the stuff that has been the most influential to me over the years, there's a couple that really sort of stick in my mind. But the first one is stair-stepping, the concept of stair-stepping. The way that you can actually start with smaller business and then based on what you learn, use that as a stepping stone to go up to a bigger business. And when Rob first talked about this concept in the podcast and on MicroConf stage, this really resonated with me because you just don't come into this world knowing everything that there is to build a business and you kind of have to learn as you go. But if you get thrown into the deep end, it's really hard to swim that way. So the fact that he laid out and gave a name to this really helped me sort of wrap my head around what would be a good way for me to build a business. So that was, that was one of the key takeaways I really enjoyed. Uh, what about you?
10: Yeah, the first one for me is is this concept of aspirational pricing. Uh, I think that pricing is really important, uh, especially as you look to kind of continue growing a business and, and deciding what you want to charge and then working backwards into what the product has to do and the market that it has to serve is a really interesting way of looking at that. Now running into three years, I think, of, of running Castos, we've changed pricing quite a bit and a lot of this kind of aspirational pricing Model has been in my mind and things we 've done from a product perspective to justify the prices that we want to charge, so that 's been a, a really nice kind of yardstick for me to to kind of guide a lot of the product decisions we 're making
9: yeah and the second one for me that I think has really sort of moved the needle quite a bit for me and my business and me personally is the combination of the notion of startup masterminds and founder retreats and I know Rob talked a lot about you know personal founder retreats. But taking these two two together was really what, you know, was the genesis for something like Big Snow Tiny Conf. And when Brad and Brian first latched onto that, you know, I knew that that was something I wanted to be a part of, and it really motivated me to set up my own version of that for Big Snow Tiny Conf West. So those things have created the best relationships and the deepest connections and given me the most leveling up in my business, I think, of anything that I've taken away from startups for the rest of us over the years. And that's saying something because there's a lot there.
10: And, and I would guess that both Rob and Mike and, and probably Dave, you and I would say that our podcasts have been a bit of the, the mastermind as well, even though we're none of us are as open as, as some people or as we are in person with masterminds, I think it's just nice to be able to share what we're learning kind of openly so we can all reflect on things as we go. The last thing for me would be uh, the the SaaS metrics rules of thumb. I had a whole talk at MicroConf Europe this year, and Dave, we've had several episodes that we talked about this for entire episodes and certainly have referred to this a lot. But these rules of thumbs are really nice, quick references to say like, okay, my business is going well in this respect, or this is a problem and this is somewhere I need to focus. None of them are kind of etched in stone, but they're kind of just uh, maybe guardrails, you know, to say, okay, this is good or this is a problem. I got to spend some time and energy and resources to to improve this part of my business so I can continue to grow. So, yeah, I mean, Dave, as you said, congrats to Rob and Mike on 500 episodes. We hope to get there someday, I think, as well, but certainly has been uh, an inspiration and a great resource for all of us here in the, in the Bootstrapper community. Thanks so much and uh, best of luck with the next 500 episodes, guys.
0: Next up, we have Matt and Peter from the Out of Beta podcast. And I, I like how they dig into what they touch on the mental health focus that we've, we've had over the years, partially influenced by, well, I think by me struggling at times and burning out, by Mike's own mental and physical health struggles, as well as the influence of my wife, Zen Founder, who has certainly had an, had an influence on that. I also like the parallel uh, Peter calls out stair-stepping and push-ups. And they both talk about, how it's not just about business, but it's also about the personal side. And I think that, once again, ties back to that that authenticity of it feeling real and not just feeling like a performance or a show. Let's hear from Matt and Peter.
11: Hey, Rob. It's Matt and Peter from Out of Beta. And uh, first of all, congrats on the 500 episodes. And it's a pretty big honor we're just about to record our 50th episode of Out of Beta you've done 10 times as many. That's pretty insane. And uh, yeah, you're kind of the reason that we're doing this because you were the guy who introduced Matt and I. Um, So Matt, are you here as well? I am. (laughs) (laughs) The the funny thing is you didn't know so much about this whole community before Um, you knew about Tiny Seed. You kind of like came from the more traditional VC world. Whereas for me, like I've been listening to this podcast for many years. I actually just found an old email and I'm not sure if Rob remembers this, but five years ago in 2015, I pitched him on investing in WP Pusher when I hit 1k. And the funny thing is I got a very nice reply back that said, congrats on the progress. Hit me up when you reached 10k. But today Rob is kind of actually an investor in WP Pusher with tiny seed. It's funny. Yeah, so I've been a big fan of Stars for the Rest of Us for many years. Tons of good takeaways from that that show, like so many tactical stuff. But for me, it's also been a lot of the kind of like personal stuff. You know, all the all the mental health focus that's come out of that show with Sherry as well and her book has just been, been really helpful for me, uh, something I've really appreciated. I was telling you about kind of Rob is famous for the stair-stepping approach, And I was telling you that years back, I was losing a lot of weight. And uh, one of the things I was trying to do was do push-ups. And back then, I actually couldn't do a single push-up from the floor, which was really embarrassing. But the thing is, with push-ups, it's kind of like, it's not something... I mean, if you can't do one, you can't really get started because it's hard to kind of like iteratively grow but then i listened to stars for the rest of us where rob talked about stair stepping and i don't know why but i connected the two and i was like wait what if i did push-ups on the stairs so actually i actually i ended up actually writing a blog post about using stair stepping to do (laughs) push-ups where i quoted rob so yeah i just started on the stairs and like moved down a step until i hit the floor and then i did the push-ups on the floor and uh, now now i actually do push-ups every morning (laughs) maybe that's
2: a good segue to mine because it's not just business. It's also personal. And the advice is relevant to the whole person and not just you know the business side of ourselves. And I think for, for me, even though I'm relatively new to this community, I hadn't been to a microconf or listened much to Startups for the Rest of Us before joining TinySeed. I have found it to be a really great way. And just Rob, as a person, really great way to be connected and to feel like a part of the community quickly, and just to stay connected to folks. It's just been a really open door. And I appreciate that. So yeah, thanks for for grinding it through. And also congrats on figuring out what to do for your 500th episode <laughs> based on the invitation to record this. I know that that was something you're trying to figure out. So yeah, many thanks. Cheers to another 500. Yeah, absolutely.
11: Episode 1000. We're waiting for it. We'll see you there. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on standby over here. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Take care. Thanks, Rob.
0: Our next caller is Alvin, and I appreciate it. He's a longtime listener. I appreciated him calling out the inspiration and the actionable advice that has really had an impact on him. And you can hear a little bit about his journey and, and how listening to startups for the rest of us has helped shape that.
12: Hey, Rob. This is Alvin calling you from Northern California. First of all, just wanted to say huge congratulations on episode 500. It's incredible. Thank you for continuing to show up week after week and for doing all that you do. I've been a listener for a few years now, following your journey from scaling up and selling Drip to founding TinySeed and Mike's journey too, from moving on from Audit Shark to security audits and sealed.NET components in Bluetick. It's been fun and informative and inspiring having you guys in my feed. Your podcast and also Rob, your wife, Sherry, inspired me and my wife to start a business. My wife, Julieta, is a psychotherapist specializing in mindfulness and sexuality, and we're productizing. Right now, we're developing online courses, on-demand webinars, and continuing education classes for therapists and counselors. We're still early, still finding our voice, building an audience, understanding the market. And we're not SaaS, but we are digital products, one-time sales. In other words, we're stair-stepping. So although I can't apply everything from Startups for the Rest of Us to our business as it exists right now, there's still a ton of value learning about everything from marketing strategy to productivity and motivation, and also just being inspired by the entrepreneurs you interview on the show. I like Startups for the Rest of Us because it's actionable, it's specific, and it's realistic. And if the Lindy effect has taught me anything... It said I can look forward to the next 500. Congrats, Rob and Mike. Take care.
0: And lastly, here's a note from Sean DeWolf, also a longtime listener, talking about the inspiration that he's received from Startups for the Rest of Us over the years.
13: Hey, Rob. This is Sean DeWolf from Sean DeWolf Consulting at SeanDeWolf.com. Myself, I run a uh, web design business and trying to get uh, various startup ventures off the ground, but uh, keep going back to my day-to-day Anyways, I just want to say about starts the Rest of Us, I've been listening to the show for a few years now, and it's always inspiring. It's really great to hear the entrepreneurs and the grind they go through, and it feels really attainable because a lot of it is people who are doing bootstrapping and everything else, and it's just really uh, encouraging to hear about the trials they've gone through and what they've overcome and the obstacles they've encountered because a lot of those resonate with me. And I think you guys have done a great show. It's fantastic. You're hitting episode 500. Looking forward to the 500 that follow. And congrats. Congrats on turning out just a really great show. It's top to bottom. I mean, content, production, uh, delivery. It's all great stuff. And uh, thank you for doing the show for this time.
0: So thank you so much for listening to whatever portion of these 500 episodes that you've listened to over the past 10 plus years and and whether you've taken away roadblocks versus speed bumps or stair-stepping or dealing with competition or that success is hard work, luck and skill or relentless execution, startup masterminds, free of purpose and relationships or any of the other things we've talked about over the years. It's been a pleasure to be part of your startup journey and I hope that we've had a positive impact on your personal life, on your business and on your mindset. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I'll be back next week with a regularly scheduled episode. Talk to you then.